What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Zach Levine putting in work in the Advocate Center, being the only bull there right now. We're also going to be talking about, uh, well, diving into our mailbag for the second mailbag episode of the weekend. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So we got to, and I don't want to overblow it, right? But I do want to talk about it from, from my perspective. And you guys can give me your perspective down below or email if you're on the podcast side. I want to hear from you guys. But about around midnight last night, Eastern Standard Time, 11 uh, p.m. Central Time, Daniel Greenberg tweeted this. There's currently a Chicago Bulls player working on this game at the Advocate Center. That player is Zach Levine. And the, all this offseason, and talking about Zach Levine, the steps that I want to see him take, things like this. Yes, defense is a huge one of those, and I don't want to take that away. But it's been, I want to see Zach become more of a leader, right? I want to see him step into that leadership role. He knows he's now locked in on a max contract. He's going to be with the Chicago Bulls for a very long time. I want to see him. It's going to take him throughout his max. I want to see him take a step as a leader. When you're there that late, you're the only one working on your game that late, past midnight Eastern time, 11 p.m. Central time, working on your game, that shows steps of leadership. That shows that you're willing to put in the work to take your game to the new level that Zach has put on himself. The contract kind of fairly or unfairly has put on himself as well. Zach needs to take a step this season. And it needs to be a step not necessarily in offensive production. We already know the offensive player that Zach Levine is. We know that if you've been watching the game, you know how special Zach Levine is offensively. At times, does he get in, does he get into his head? Does he have the, the bounce in the ball off his foot issues? Does he do certain things at certain times? Absolutely, yes. Zach Levine does, and I don't know anybody who would say that he does, right? He has aspects of his game that he absolutely needs to work on heavily and that we hope to see as Chicago Bulls fans, him put in the work to eliminate. But a step of that is showing that coming in, being the first one in the gym, showing the work ethic that, that we need to see from a player that's getting paid $215 million this upcoming season. Does Zach Levine need to improve on things on the floor? Yes. The mental aspect of the, of the game for Zach is the one that I want and hope to see take a leap as well. Not letting the referees get him out of his game as much as he has at times. Not letting um the bad play calls and, and you know, those type of things, the, the late game decision-making, things like that. We need to see improvements from Zach Levine in those areas. But with all that being said, when you have a player that's the highest paid player on your team, even with some fans that, that only look at box scores thinking that this is no longer Zach Levine's team, you need to show up and do things like this. And heading into a season where there's a lot of question marks, we're going to be missing one of our big weapons in Lonzo Ball. Zach Levine is setting that tone early. He's there at the Advocate Center putting in work days before training camp officially opens. We've already had people there. Andre Drummond's been there. Um, Vooch has been there. Who Shout out to Vooch as well. When we're talking about work ethic, Vooch deciding not to go play in Eurobasket, not to go over in Europe and play basketball because he wanted to focus on working on this game here and preparing for the Chicago Bulls season because Vooch knows that Vooch had a down season. A lot of Bulls fans are down on Vooch right now, and he wants to come in, work on his game, be better than what he was last season. These are things that are showing that, yeah, we took a, we took a punch in the gut with the Lonzo Ball news. We all, Even though we all expected it, it's still a punch in the gut. But what the Chicago Bulls team does to overcome that is going to be important, and they are putting in the work to continue this new culture that they're building Having Daylon Terry down there, Patrick Williams down there, Io DeSumo down there, these guys are coming in and they're going to be ready and poised to go. And I can't wait to see what comes up. First preseason game for the Chicago Bulls is not that far away. 
we will be talking about Chicago Bulls basketball in, in, in about 10 days. 10 days until Chicago Bulls take the court for the first time on national TV, no less. I can't wait. Good to see. Hats off to Zach Levine for putting in that work. Now, all right. Enough to be said with that. Like I said, let me know what you guys think about that one down below. Let's get into the voicemails for today. This first one, this one's from Ace. What's up, Hayes? This is Ace calling in with another one, man. Hey, listen, um, I was looking at, like, the top teams that uh, scored the most points last year, and two of the top teams up there were, like, Memphis Grizzlies and Golden State Warriors. Of course, we all know Golden State Warriors won a championship. Um, man, look at the lineup that we got right now. We should – we can possibly average right around 110 to 100 and I say max 15 points a game. If we're getting 25 and 25 from Zach, that's 50. If we're getting, uh, we'll say between Vooch and Pat, another 30 points, that's 80. Uh, I expect Io to take, take a leap. I expect Io to average about 10 points a game. So that gives, that gives us 90 points right there. Now between the bench of Dragic, uh, Man, he can give you 10 in any given night. Caruso can get close to that. Uh, Drummond can get you six. Hell, uh, we got some pieces on the bench that can give you six or four points. I mean, even Kobe White can get hot on on any given night and get you 10 points if we still got him. Javante Green. I mean, we got some pieces that can get us another 20 points off that bench. So how do you feel about us being one of the top scoring teams next year? And if so... What are our chances of being better than a top five seed? I mean, I'm sorry, better than a five seed or a six seed. Hell, if we score points like that, who's to say we can't be a top three team? Let me get your thoughts on that. All right, bye. All right, so shout out to Ace for leaving that. Ace talks about the Bulls averaging 110 to 115 points per game. And while that, you know, when you're starting to add up players and you're looking at what players averages such and such like that, that you can, you can, you can walk yourself into that. As a matter of fact, the Chicago Bulls actually were 13th in the NBA last season, averaging 111 points per game in the regular season. So averaging 110 to 115 really doesn't increase the Bulls a little, uh, too much overall, but, you know, it, it does help. But you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, scored the most points in the league last season is 115 points per game. You then have the Memphis Grizzlies that you mentioned were second in the NBA with 115.6 uh, points per game. In the NBA. Then you have the Golden State Warriors that were the Bulls actually averaged more points per game last season than the Golden State Warriors. So it's not just about the offense. It's easy to make things just about the offense. But the, it's it the the, the 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 Golden State Warriors 111 exactly points per game. The Chicago Bulls were 111.6 points per game last season. So when you're looking at that, you know, it's more about efficiency. One of the things that the Bulls do need to work on, and the difference if we're going to flip side this, is while the Golden State Warriors, the Bulls actually average more points per game for than the Golden State Warriors, which is isn't everything. We gotta we gotta stop with everything being points. But nonetheless, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. Uh, but with that being said. Um, it was the three points made per game. The Golden State Warriors were number two. The Memphis Grizzlies, for example, just using teams that uh, Ace brought up, were 20th in the NBA. You know where the Chicago Bulls were in three-pointers made per game last season? They were 28th, which means that if the Chicago Bulls made more three-pointers and took more threes, I don't think they were, they, they were ranked pretty low as far as three points attempted per game as well. You can see the Chicago Bulls' offense rise even more. Offense isn't our issue. Defense at times isn't our issue either. We need to lock in better defensively at times as well. No more drop coverages, things like that. But at the end of the day, yeah, the Chicago Bulls have great offensive potential. But I, it's not just about that. I don't give a damn how many points per game they average. I don't care with that, right? What I care about when, I, when I'm looking at it more so is how, 
how can you stop the other teams from scoring? Are you scoring more than the other team? How are you playing defense? How are you locked in? How are you utilizing your offensive weapons? What are the, what's the efficiency on that? That's what I want to see the Chicago Bulls take a leap at next season. I want to see them improve those type of things. That's what I want to see from the Chicago Bulls. But we'll see. At the end of the day, is this. We'll see what the Chicago Bulls end up turning into. How do they improve their team? How do they improve their work? ethic? things like that because the Bulls have tons of work to do on the offensive end of the game, on both sides of the game that they can much improve on. You know, using the, the fact that the Bulls averaged as many points as they did being such a uh, isolation-heavy team just goes to show you that if this team goes to spreading the ball a little bit more, utilizing players a little bit more in better positions that, that they need to be in, things can change drastically for the Chicago Bulls. But we just need to see that actually come into fruition, and we have not seen that yet. We know the Bulls' point differential was one of the worst in the NBA last season. That's the type of things that we need to see the Bulls work on next season. The Bulls, as far as point differential, were 16th. In the NBA last season, we need to see these things improve for the Chicago Bulls. It's not just all offense. I get it. Offense is fun to watch. Offense pays the bills in many ways for casual fans. Not calling ace one. I'm just saying for people who don't typically watch a lot of basketball, they want to see the high scoring offensive games. But the Bulls issue isn't the ability to score. It's the ability to make stops at times, especially with Lonzo Ball being out. I want to see them make a step up in that area of the game next season. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one is from Ultimate Rage. Not Outrage. I've been killing his name, Ultimate Rage. <laughs> Yo, what's good, hey? This is your boy, the Ultimate Rage, or Outrage, if you like to say on the show. <laughs> but um, so what I wanted to go into is uh, I've said this in the comments, and I don't think people really truly understood the impact that COVID had on our team. Like, we were doing so well. For so long, you know, we had number one seed for the majority of the season up to the All-Star break, and then we got destroyed by COVID. I mean, it ran through everybody. It ran through not just the players, but even the staff, the coaching staff, the freaking announcers, you know what I'm saying? Stacey King got COVID, and it's like as soon as they, you know, everybody got back, they were just a shell of themselves. So I don't think people really understand the impact of COVID. Like, this is a new virus that the world hadn't seen before to my knowledge and the fact that everybody just looked at so you know just uninspired so pretty much dead on the court you know people just stopped going for rebounds they weren't hitting their shots they you know couldn't do anything out there despite having such a hot start i think people really underestimated the impact COVID had on our team so hopefully everybody's gotten over it and people could, you know, get on this next season to perform well. But then there's the whole issue of the long COVID. Like, how does that impact all the other players? So I just want to know what you think about that. You know what I'm saying? Big fan. Obviously, shot town all day. Bulls all day. Let's get it. Holla at your boy. All right. Ultimate Rage talks about the impact that COVID had on the team. The one thing that I, I – yes, COVID completely ravaged us as well as injuries, but every team. Every team in the NBA last season at some point, at different, at, like it was at different points, had a string where they lost a bunch of players through COVID. So I'm not really going to blame it on that because even with or without the COVID issues, the Chicago Bulls still even, and this is one of the things that I talked about heavily during, during the season last season and Bulls fans didn't want to quite hear is that even when we were winning, when we were going on our nine game winning streaks and, and winning 10 out of, out of 13 games and doing things like that, the Chicago Bulls had certain aspects with their game that they were failing at. One, the third quarters. B, the, the, the way that they showed up or did not show up on national TV games and games against marquee teams for a large part of that season. 
So yeah, COVID did have a, a huge impact on this team. But I kind of give it a watch because a lot of teams had issues with COVID. Yes, at one time it kind of it felt like it kind of started with the Chicago Bulls. I don't really remember now. Like I think I know Joel Embiid had it right, and then Vooch had it as well. But then, like, I think we were the first team that just it was like a different player every day for a week that we lost. And, and you know, it, it, at, at the end of the day, it is what it is. That's one of the things that we were going to happen. Yes, we were dealing with COVID. It was a weird season. But that's just something that's going to every team had to deal with it. I'm more so looking at this team, even when they were playing well, the things that they weren't doing, not shooting the three ball well, um, the defense falling at certain times, the efficiency there. Like, these were things that even, like I said, on Bulls wins, I was pointing out, and I said it once on a live stream, I was like, yeah, the Bulls won this game. But if they played this way against better competition, this would not be a win. And I can't remember the user where he was saying, he was like, dang, Hayes, like, did the Bulls win or not? And I understand it feeling like a buzzkill at time, but that's one of the things that I do on this channel. I like to review things objectively. And yes, I'm always going to celebrate a win, but how you win is important as well. And even in a, a lot, not all, of the Bulls wins last season, you saw things that did end up coming back to bite them in the ass later on in the season. It just, that's just the reality of it. So we can blame injuries. We can blame COVID. Those things did play a part. I'm not going to all, and I'm not one of those people who like, well, injuries are excuse. No, injuries are a reason. But with that being said, even when the Bulls were the closest to being fully healthy, even when they were going on these winning streaks, even when they were playing at their best, a lot of the issues that bit the Bulls in the, in the ass in the latter part of the season were showing their ugly heads then. Hopefully, offseason, continuity, we see a lot of those things kind of iron themselves out and we see a better team overall. But that one, that was from Ultimate Range. Let's get into the next voicemail. This one is from 8 Lives. How you doing, Hey, This is 8 Lives. <clears throat> I was just called to speak on the Lonzo Ball information that came out today. And I wanted to say um, I'm definitely not discouraged by it or whatever the case may be. If that's what he needed with the energy, to, uh, the um, injury uh, to get a surgery, then... That's you know that's what he needed and that's good. I believe he's gonna uh, come back and be great from it. But what I want to speak on is uh, this should be a lesson to the fans about always saying, "Oh, we need to go get this person. We need to go get that person." I'm not saying I don't think the Bulls should have got ball. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is this is the lesson that we should learn about always talking about spin coin. He stars from other teams, and you know, look what happened. This could set us back. You know what I'm saying? But luckily we have good uh, another good three um, point guards, and luckily we have somebody like Paul who no want to play. He just, you know, wants the surgery to work. But uh, this should be a lesson, man, that, you know, sometimes you just got to work with what you got and not always think that going out and getting somebody going to work out the way that we want it to work. A lot of these guys on these other teams, sometimes they have injuries, and we wonder why these teams let them go. So that was all I wanted to say on that. I think that everything's going to uh, work well with Ball. This is also going to be a way where we're going to actually get a chance to see what David Terry can do. I, de I definitely believe the coach is going to be able to get him some time in there and whoever else might need some time by the ball. It's going to work out for us in the end. Thank you. Go Bulls. All right, 8 Live says, let this uh, the injury be a lesson to fans. This is what I'll say, right? You never bet on injury, right? I, I, I get it. You want a player to be healthy. You do have to factor in the history of their health uh, concerns and things like that as well. But we know this front office was zeroing in on Lonzo Ball for a year before we actually brought him in. It was written. It was written on the wall already, right? It was already written. But the thing is, with Lonzo Ball's injury, I think some people forget just how how unique this is in the sense, like 
The bone, the bone bruise was the thing that's causing the most things. You can't always bet on that being an aspect of it. I do think that Lonzo is going to make a full recovery. When you look at the success rate of these type of surgeries, the fact that it's really just a cleanup is what it is. It's not like a major surgery as some people are, are pointing it to be. But hey, anytime you got to get cut open is major to a degree. So let, let me be clear there. But yeah, I mean, and you know, we have in the next voicemail too that is talking about trades and acquisitions. For for casual NBA fans, it's always about what trade can you make. What, 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 what move can you make? Can you bring in this guy? Can you do that? Can you do that? Rather than just looking at this team, how can we improve within this team? What are the things that we're doing? How can we improve how we use certain players? What schemes can we use to better utilize certain players' skill sets? That's the thing that, bull, that actual basketball fans look at. Yeah, we still do look at, hey, if this guy becomes available, the Bulls could make a trade to this. But that constant string of acquisition theory, um, uh, that, that, that acquisition syndrome, is, I should say, um, instead of gear acquisition syndrome, it's player acquisition syndrome for, for a lot of b- basketball fans. But at the end of the day, it kind of is what it is. Yeah, this unlike a, this Lonzo thing was a punch in the stomach, as I've always said. But luckily, we do have Io. The Bulls drafted a great uh, point guard, well, a great prospect in Io DeSumo to see how he continues to develop into that point guard role. They brought in Goran Dragic. They were prepared for this. Now, as far as your Dalen Terry part of it to end your voicemail, Dalen Terry with his court vision, his length, the, the the communication, uh, the the defense that he projects to be able to bring does project to be able to, to bring a lot of things that the Chicago Bulls could need while Lonzo Ball is out, but he's a rookie. You know what Billy Donovan is, it, if you look at his history, rookies getting on the on the court is kind of a, a weird thing. Like even Io playing the minutes that he did, it's kind of an oddity for, for Billy Donovan in the way that he utilizes first-year players. But we know a big part of that was Io just earned a role in camp very early on, and that role continued to increase. And then once, once injuries started in, he stepped in and played very well in that initial string of COVID and injuries. And then naturally when the Lonzo thing happened, he assumed the, the starting point guard role with Caruso and stuff being out as well. But I don't know. That's one of the biggest question marks that I, that I can't wait to see answer itself in the preseason. Does Dalen Terry actually earn a role for minutes early in the season or does he have to go down to the G League for a month and come in during certain stretches to develop? We'll see. I think the sky's the limit for Dalen Terry as of right now, as you should for a first round pick in their first offseason, and we'll see how it works out for Dale and Terry. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one is from Jermaine Kelly. Hey, what's going on? First off, I want to say go Bulls, C-Red. It's your boy Jermaine Kelly. And uh, I was just thinking, could you potentially see a way that we can maybe shop Drummond and bring in, well, Vooch probably will have to go too, but bring in Miles Turner and maybe Dwight Howard to play backup. I think that would be a good one-two punch at the center position. All right, listen, Jermaine. Listen, thank you for the voicemail. But we literally, like, you're already trying to move Drummond, and we haven't even, like, you're talking about the perfect one-two punch. We haven't even seen this one-two punch together. And this is what I was talking about for, we have to stop the player acquisition syndrome. I'll call it pass, even though it needs another S. Anyway, it's PAS. We got to stop it. Let's see how this team comes together. Miles Turner is not that much better than Nikola Vucevic. He's different. But he, he, he the, the, the black hole he is on offense, the lack of the passing ability, yeah, he's a better three-point shooter. Um, unless he, at least he's shown that. He was a much better defensive player than Vooch last season, but over the course of their careers, their defensive impact hasn't been that much different. Miles Turner does offer more of the flashy type things with shot blocking and things like that, but the actual on-ball defense has not been that much different between the two. Again, last season aside, but stop with this. Like, stop with it. Miles Turner and Dwight Howard, we haven't even seen Vooch and Andre Drummond be a one-two punch yet. And this is the thing as Bulls fans that we do. Like, stop just thinking about the next players that we can acquire and let's work out and see how this player, this team, this setup, this one-two punch works out together first, how they come together. 
Before we worry about the next set of sinners that we can acquire, we haven't even seen these set of sinners. Calm down on this, bro. I do appreciate the voicemail. And I understand you're thinking of like things that this team can do. But at the end of the day, and like I always say when it comes to Vooch, it's easy just to focus on bringing in a player that, that does something that Vooch does not do. But it's harder to also th to, to miss the fact, or it's easier to miss the fact, too, of the things that Vooch does do well and how that helped the Chicago Bulls offense, even when Vooch's shot wasn't falling. So just replacing him with a player that's bit better defensively is not going to give you the answers that you think it's going to give you with the way that we've seen this team play offense. Now, could that change? Again, with Patrick Williams maybe taking on more of a point forward role, him doing more of that type of thing, could that eventually change? Yes. But as of right now, from what we've seen or what we have not gotten to see yet, let's chill out on the trade talk when it comes to our centers yet. And let's see what these set of centers turn into for the Chicago Bulls. But that's my time for today. Thank you so much for supporting and being the best part of Chicago Bear Bulls Central. Woo! Doing both channels daily is getting to me. Thank you for being the best part of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail like you heard on today's show, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break Media. Media.